great to be here at Calvary Chapel El Paso. It's a good day, amen? Well, I'm a missionary to Uganda, and uh, in the local language there is Runyonkoli, and I just want to encourage you this morning with these words, Yesu Ahulile, Yesu Ahulile, that means Jesus is alive, amen? Jesus is alive and he's here, his spirit is here today, amen? And he wants to speak to you. He wants to minister to you. He wants to work in and through you. And I'm so blessed to be able to, be, uh, to, be able to stand here before you and, and say thank you for this church that's partnered with us for many, many years. Many of you sponsor children in Uganda. And I'm blessed to, to partner with you. And I'm excited for all that God is doing. Amen? Here in El Paso, in Uganda, and across the world. Because Jesus is alive and he's at work. And it's a great news that he saved us from our sins. He saved us from hell. He saved us from many things, but he saved us for, amen, he saved us for, to use us, to, for, to serve him, to be a servant, to be his hands and feet in this dark place, in this world. But God has done so many things in the last 10 years through Agents for Christ. Um, we have a little video I want to share with you. It's three minutes, um, so I hope it, encourage you, it encourages you this morning. Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Dave Chafee, co-founder of Agents for Christ. Can you believe it's been 10 years since the Lord started the Agents for Christ ministry? It all began when the Lord gave Bill James a vision to start a mission to the cities of the U.S. He then shared that vision with my family. And after much prayer, the James and Chafee families were led to sell everything we owned, buy two RVs, and travel the U.S. sharing the gospel and teaching others to do the same through our School of Evangelism classes. We did this for three years and watched the Lord provide for every need we had. While we were on the road, the Lord gave us new ministries. We started GotTracks.com, a gospel track ministry. Evangelism Minute, a radio ministry encouraging believers to be bold and share their faith. Both these ministries are still running strong and spreading the good news around the world. Then after three years on the road, the Lord led me and my family back to Portland, Oregon, to our home church, Calvary Chapel Southeast, where I've been an associate pastor for the last seven years, overseeing worship, outreach, and then youth ministry, all the while watching God do some awesome things. At the same time we were called back to Portland, Oregon, the James family was called to Uganda. And over the last seven years, God has done some amazing things over there as well. What started out with a couple Walmart tents on a hillside in the city of Ashunga ended up to be a mission center, the planting of Calvary Chapel Ashunga, a grade school, a child sponsorship program, and a medical center, all under the banner of Uganda Kids Project. It has been an amazing 10 years, and we believe the Lord still has greater plans to do even more to reach souls for the kingdom of God. That's why my wife Deanna and I are coming back as full-time missionaries with Agents for Christ. Our vision is to start a live-in program for young adults, a 10-month program focused on theology, apologetics, evangelism, and missions. We're in the process of purchasing a campus in Las Cruces, New Mexico, at the bottom of the beautiful Oregon Mountains, a great place for young adults to come away from the noise of life and seek Jesus in a deeper way and discover His direction for their life. The vision for the program includes three months of study, three months traveling in the U.S., putting on outreaches with supporting churches, three months serving in Africa with Uganda Kids Project, and then one month back in New Mexico seeking the Lord's guidance for their future. We believe this is desperately needed for young believers in the post-Christian culture that we live in today. This will also bring Agents for Christ and Uganda Kids Project together in a unique way. There's much to do in the coming months with a move from Portland, the development of the curriculum, 
as well as bringing awareness to the body of Christ. And that's why we're asking you to partner with us. And there are several ways you can do just that. One, pray for us that the Lord would give wisdom and provision as we develop the new school. Two, you can sponsor a child. There's still many kids who need support at UKP. Three, make a general donation to the work of Agents for Christ to help with the many costs associated with this new work. Thank you, church, for all your support and prayers. And we look forward to all that the Lord will do in the future. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Amen. We serve an amazing God. Amen. He's awesome. And we get to serve Him. Do you know that? He wants to use us. That's the true blessing, the true abundant life that we can have today is in this world is to, to, to serve God and to, to be used by Him. And I'm blown away at all that God has done in the last 10 years. You know, really, God began to work in my life when I just made myself available and said, Lord, here I am, use me. Began to daily pray that God would uh, lead me to divine appointments, amen? And he does. And it's for all of us. God wants to use each and every one of us. You don't have to go to Uganda to be a missionary. God has a mission field out the doors of the church, in this church, amen? Fellowship, encouraging one another. That's what this church is. It's like a hospital that one believer encouraging another believer to keep going, keep pressing in, to keep praying, to keep seeking God, and to keep serving Him. Amen? You know, my story is like this. I was, a, I was raised in a Christian home, but I made the wrong choice. I, I was taught about Jesus, but I ran from God. I joined the Marines and ran. I wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Man, I regret that choice, but I ran and joined the Marines and Ran from God for 25 years. I am so thankful for my parents who never stopped praying. Amen. My parents prayed for me every day for 25 years. And if you're here this morning, you have a family member, a son or a daughter who's running from God, do not stop praying. God is listening, and his ways are perfect. Amen. And he hears your cries, and he will answer it in his perfect timing. After the Marines, I got hired by the Riverside County Sheriff's Department in California. And God answered my parents' prayers through my wife. I was a patrol deputy. She was a dispatcher. And we started dating. She started taking me to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa on dates. Amen. God works in mysterious ways. Amen. But you know, I knew all about Jesus here. But I was missing Jesus by 18 inches because I'd never given him control of my heart. And God continued to work, but I continued to play games with God. And I worked narcotics for many years. And God, in a very amazing way, on an afternoon, I never dreamed what God was about to do. I was at a follow-up investigation in a department complex, came face-to-face with a drug dealer. I pulled out my badge, and he pulled out a gun. I had a gun. I couldn't get it out. It was wrapped up in my sweatshirt that I wore to hide the gun. And I was backing away, trying to get away from him as he got his gun out very quickly aggressively moves towards me, pointing the gun right at my face from about two feet. I see him trying to pull the trigger, but the gun doesn't fire. And I fell down and ran for cover and got my police radio and my gun out. I see him run and jump in his car, and I get the license plate as he drives away. Put the license plate out to the surrounding patrol units, and they did a search in the area, found the vehicle dumped in a parking lot, and did a, set up a surveillance. 
about midnight, some guys come to get the car. They swooped in, arrested them, searched the vehicle, and in the car was two pounds of methamphetamine, $13,000, and the loaded revolver. They brought the gun to me and showed the gun to me. It was a long-barreled revolver, and it's just the gun the guy tried to use to kill you. I identified the gun, and he, they sent it to the police crime lab, and the gun fired six shots in a row. God so clearly spoke to me that my life was in his hands, that he loved me, that he died for me, but he wouldn't make me follow him. I had to choose to surrender. The greatest day of my life was when I quit running from God. I remember that day so clearly. I called my wife and I said, what I'm going to tell you today will change our lives forever. Went to my church and we walked to my pastor's office dead in my sins. I surrendered my life to Christ and I walked out of there free. I discovered what this Bible says is true, that who the sun sets free is free indeed. I traded in my gun and my badge and picked up my Bible. Quit my job the very next day. Gave my life to Christ. You know, so I went out into the world. I saw people like I was. I knew what it was like to be trapped in sin, and I discovered what it was to be free in Christ. And everywhere I went, I saw people trapped in their sins. And all our ministry, Agents for Christ, really the heart of the ministry is that we wanted to see people be free, that they would know the truth of Jesus Christ. You know, God gave us this crazy idea, sell everything, buy RVs, and travel the country sharing the gospel. Going from city to city, sharing the gospel, and church to church, encouraging other people to do the same. And that's what led us here nine years ago. You know, we did that for three years, traveling the country. And, and God says, go to Uganda. God told Dave and Deanna that he called them to go back to our home church, and he called us to go to Uganda. And you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. I didn't understand what God was doing. You know, we, our ministry was growing, and things were being, we were being blessed. People were getting saved. I didn't understand, but each of us, each and every single day, we should seek God with all of our hearts. Jeremiah tells us, if you seek God with all of your heart, you will find him, and he will speak to you. And when he speaks to you, obey. And God said, go to Uganda. And I didn't really want to go. I mean, I like adventure, but I didn't want to go to Uganda. And understand, I had never been on a mission trip, not a short-term mission trip. I had never even been out of the country. Only in the Marines, I went to Tijuana, and that was not a, a godly adventure. Amen? But God said, go. Well, me and my wife are living testimonies that God doesn't call those who are already equipped. He equips the people he calls. Amen? And whatever God is speaking to you, whatever he's calling you to do, he will give you the gifts and the power and everything you need to accomplish it. Amen? Chuck Smith always said, as God guides, God provides. And it's so true. We went to Uganda and, he, and uh, worked at, a, at an orphanage. And it was a training ground. Worked there for a year. But God showed us this great need. Children everywhere with no Jesus, no medical care, no, no schooling, nothing. He gave us this desire to reach these children. It's amazing how God provides for every need. Led me to a Ugandan pastor and a Ugandan lawyer who helped us start the Ugandan Kids Project. We start with 20 families and 80 children. I can remember as we began to expand the ministry and we went to, God called us to go plant a church in western Uganda in a little village on a little grass hill that he led us to where no white person had ever lived. I can remember when we first went there and the children, I'd see, come and minister to the children. They'd either, they'd, two things would happen. They'd see me. They would either run away and cry, or they'd want to touch my skin because they'd, the kids had never seen a white person. 
But as God led us there, again, we had this great plan to plant a church and live, live in Walmart tents on this hill and trusting the Lord. And I can remember my brother Don is right here, Don Wave. Don is a living testimony that you're never too old to serve Jesus. Amen. At 75 years old, we went to western Uganda in the bush, lived in tents. Me, Don, my wife, and my son, Nick, began to, to plant a church there. I can remember at nights waking up, my wife would wake me up and say, Bill, wake up. We'd be laying there in a tent, and outside the tent we'd hear some animal breathing, and it would be like, okay, Lord. But God is faithful. We lived in those tents for three months, and God provided for every need as we began to build the mission center and plant the church. And today I praise God of all that God has done. I thank God that I trusted him and went to Uganda and obeyed his voice. We watched God build the church, and we have a school of ministry with 12 Ugandans training to be pastors and an elementary school with 300 kids. And we, last year I was here sharing that we were trying to build a, a medical center. Well, I report to you with joy that God finished it. It's open, and it's reaching many people, helping many, many people. And I'm excited as God as it continues to grow the Uganda Kids Project. There's so many kids. You go five miles from a village and there's another 500 children. God's led us to two other Ugandan pastors who we're partnering with and we're trying to grow because there's so many children there. Pray that God may move on your heart today to sponsor a child. You know, if you choose to sponsor a child, all the money goes to the children's medical care, their schooling, and discipleship for them, their family, and their community. You know, as we've been praying in the last few years, we just had this desire with Agents for Christ. Me and Dave and Deanna and Danielle just knew God was calling us to something else, something bigger here in America. We had this desire to start a, a mission training center, a discipleship for young men and women that would serve the, train up kids to serve the Lord. I'm excited that now Agents for Christ is neighbors with you. We've moved from Portland, Oregon to Las Cruces, New Mexico. That video is a little bit old. We now are, have moved into this campus there in, in Las Cruces. And we're excited to how this may grow a greater partnership with this church. You know, my daughter Natalie was with us for many years in the mission field. And she went to public university in California and it became a target for liberal atheistic professors. And her faith, faith got attacked in a huge way. It's amazing how God shows you this great need and gives you a burden to meet that need and then he makes a way to, to, to do it, amen? God showed me through my daughter. I was listening to a program last night as we were driving back to Las Cruces that 75% of the kids in the church are leaving the church and going into the world and that's horrible. You know, so many of us are sending our kids off to school and to college the devil is stealing and killing and destroying. And as our desire for this 10th hour project is to train up the next generation, that the kids would come away for 10 months and build a foundation on the rock. As you heard in the video, it's three months there in, in Las Cruces, in biblical discipleship. A couple of months on the road, traveling and with Agents for Christ doing ministry here in this country. Three months serving in Uganda with Uganda Kids Project. And then a month back in Las Cruces praying about what God would have for them next. You know, we were created to worship God. We were created to have a close relationship with God. And the devil's trying to get 
all of us distracted with things of the world, especially children, especially teenagers and young adults. And our desire is to train up the next generation to serve the living God, that whether God calls them to be a pastor or a plumber, a teacher or architect, housewife, whatever God calls them to do, that Jesus would be first in their life. Amen? So we're excited for what God is doing. But I hope this morning that I can encourage you that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask, think, or even imagine in your life through His Spirit that lives inside of you. Amen? We have a table in the back. We'd love to talk to you more about the 10th hour project and we really covet your prayers you know I pray that you would pray for us <laughs> it's my desire that you would pray we have little prayer bookmarks you can take and put in your Bible to pray remember to pray for us if God speaks to you to, to partner with us in any way we'd be blessed to partner with you but this morning I am want to encourage you in this the Word of God amen if you have your Bibles open your Bibles this morning to first Peter chapter 4 1 Peter chapter 4. I said, it is my desire to encourage you that God loves you. That God wants to have a close, personal relationship with you. God didn't just say that he loved you. He proved his love for you by sending his only begotten son. That God wants to do great things in and through all of us. The mission field is here. As soon as you walk out the door, as soon as you go out, every day you go out of your house, in your house, everywhere you go, God has a, wants to use you to be a light. But to be honest, I, I, I need to be honest with you this morning because it really is a choice. Serving Jesus is a choice. Faith is a choice. And here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse, beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind, for he who was suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent of enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lusts, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for saving us. Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to come and die came and were obedient to the Father and you died. That's not the end of the story. Thank you that you rose again, proving you were God, proving your power. You left your spirit as a guarantee and you ascended into heaven and one day you're going to come back. But until that day, Lord, you call us to be your hands and your feet here in this world. God, you've given us your spirit. Thank you. And Holy Spirit, we know you're here. I pray that you would Open our minds and our hearts, our ears to hear your voice. That we would hear you and we would obey. We would serve you and that we would walk with you. That we would cast off all sin and things of this world that so easily entangle us. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this opportunity that we can gather together. Meet us here. Pray that you'd be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. In these three verses, I see three things. First, the call. Secondly, the choice. And finally, the challenge. And verse one is the call. 
It says, arm yourselves with the same mind, the mind of Christ. Paul told the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. Jesus, who being in the form of God, Paul goes on to say, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and came as a servant in likeness as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Amen. Jesus did that for you. But he gave us an example to follow. Peter here this morning says, Let, have that same mind. Follow in the steps of Jesus. Peter says, since Christ suffered for us, I mean, he's challenging us. If you realize what God did for you, the great cost that it cost the Father to send his only begotten Son, that we broke God's law, but he paid our fine. He died so we can live. Amen. If you understand what God did for you, the obvious response is to surrender and obey in obedience and love. He loved us first, and we in return love him. I was up in the high desert and sharing at a church, and the pastor had this picture on his door, and it was a written, drawn by his little niece, and it was a picture of the cross, and said, Jesus died for me. I will live for him. Amen? The heart of a little child who understands that Jesus died for me. Christ suffered for you so we could live for him. Amen? And that's the call to all of us this morning. The second thing I see here is the choice, because it is a choice. And the choice Peter ch tells us about in the verse 2 is that living for the lusts of man or for the will of God. And every single day, that's our choice. We're going to follow the world, the flesh, and the devil, the lusts of the flesh, the world, and the devil, or are we going to follow the will of God? And it really is a daily choice. It's a daily choice. Even sometimes moment by moment, minute by minute choice to surrender, to turn, to say no to the sin and yes to Christ. And the great thing is that Jesus' spirit is always with us, amen? You have that temptation, he's always there to help you. But it is a choice. And the word that stands out to me here in verse number two is time. You know, we all have the same amount of time every day. Each one of us has 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And the question is, what are you using your time for? Are you using your time to serve the living God, or are you using time to serve your flesh? And I praise God. I praise God. He's a God of love and grace and forgiveness and mercy. Amen? Because we all fall short. Amen? I'm not trying to stand up here and act like I'm holy and you're not, because I'm a sinner. Amen? And it's by God's grace that I am who I am. If there's anything good in me, it's because Jesus did it in me. Amen? If there's anything good in your life, James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights who never changes. If there's anything good in your life, it's because God gave it to you. Praise Him for it and use it for His glory. But it's a choice. We all have a choice of how we're going to use our time each day. Peter says in verse 3 is the challenge that we've wasted enough time should live whatever amount of time we have left serving the living God. But I want to tell you, that's the blessing. That's the blessing. If you're not serving God, you're missing out. Everything in this world is passing away. 
can't take one single thing with you. Job, I think, understood it well. Naked I came into the world. Naked I will leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's only one thing you can take with you to heaven. That's other souls. Think about my own life. How many years I wasted. 38 years serving the world, the flesh, and the devil. Sin. I got nothing but regret from those times. But I praise God that one day I finally God opened my eyes. One day I finally made the right choice and started using my time for serving the living God. A friend of our ministry wrote a book, Living and Dying Without Regret. He's a hospice pastor, and as he was going around visiting hospice patients at the end of their life, he discovered this reoccurring theme that they were all dying with regret of wasted time and regret Regretting not loving others, not spending time with their family and spending time with people, not spending time in loving God. And the truth is, none of us know how much time we have. Nobody knows the day nor the hour. And I want to stand before Jesus one day and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to be at the end of my life and having regret. I want to be at the end of my life and thinking, thank you, Lord, for using me. But it's a choice for each of us. You know, my pastor, when we were feeling the call to start Agents for Christ, and a lot of people came against us and said we were crazy. I'm going to go out into the world on RVs and die. People actually said that. My pastor, Doug Snow, said something to me I'll never forget. As he, he encouraged me to trust God and to step out in faith and to see what God would do. He said, what are you going to do, Bill? Be at the end of your life, looking back and saying, I wonder what God would have done if I would have trusted him. And man, as I, the Holy Spirit pierced my heart, there was no way that I was going to wonder what God was going to do. I wanted to trust him and step out in faith and see what he would do. Amen? And that's what he's calling each of us to do, to trust him and step out in faith. He's given each one of you gifts and giftings that he's given you to use for his glory. Amen? And that's the blessing to serve God. Praise God, I finally made the choice to serve the living God. As I look at the, read the Bible, I realize the Bible talks a lot about choices. From the very beginning, all through the Bible is all about choices. Think about Abraham. Abraham lived in the city of Ur. You know, there's been many archaeological digs in that area, and it's found to be a very, they had a lot of it was very advanced, very comfortable place. God said, Abraham, I call you to leave this place and to follow me and go to where I'm, I'm going to show you. He didn't even know where he was going, but he chose to trust God. And today, Abraham is the father of faith. What about Moses? Moses made every excuse to not trust God and not be the, the leader of the children of Israel. But he made the right choice and trusted God and after 40 years of leading the children of Israel, at the end of his life, I believe God was speaking through his servant Moses. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants will live. You know, Abraham, Moses calling, calling us to choose 
And he, he says something very powerful there, that something we need to understand, that our choices don't just affect us, they affect everyone around us, especially our family. Your choices will affect your children and your family. What about Joshua? Choose this day whom you will serve was the words of Joshua. But he told us his choice in Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I pray that that is your pro proclamation too. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What about Jesus? What about the choices Jesus talked about? The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talked about two roads. He didn't talk about five or four or three. Two roads, two gates. One, the wide one, which is easy, which leads to destruction, and the narrow one, which is difficult, that leads to life. And you can't take both. The most miserable person you'll ever see is somebody who has one foot in the church, one foot in the world. You cannot do it. You must choose who you're going to serve. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talked about where we're going to build our life. Two places, again, where we're going to build. The sand, which represents the world, or the rock, which represents Jesus. Where are you building today? The amazing thing about those verses is he says, those who build on the sand, the storms, the wind, the rain, comes and it's going to be a great fall. But, but those who build on the rock, the storms, the wind, and the rain still come. But you stand because you're, st you're standing on Jesus, the rock. Amen? It always blow me, blows me away that the storms come no matter what in your life. Jesus didn't promise you he's going to make you rich. He did not promise you that he's going to make your life perfect or easy. What he promised is that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? And I don't know how in the world people can live and go through each day without Jesus. I don't know how I made it that many years. But I praise God we do not have to. We have Jesus. We have his spirit. And if you don't have your, his spirit living in you, if you're not saved today, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to confess your sins, repent, and surrender your life to Christ, and let him fill you and use you. But Yesuahulile, Jesus is alive, amen? We serve a living God. We have a living hope. And he's with us. But it's a choice. He again reminds us of that choice in Matthew 16, 24. He said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, let him deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. The choice to follow Jesus. To me, it seems like the only choice, but it is a choice. Turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Is from the very beginning, we see that God gave us the choice, free will. Genesis 2, verse 15. here in verse 15 of Genesis chapter 2 then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die verse 15 I it says God commanded the man this is before I mean it says the Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden and gave him a job I mean this is before the fall the world was very big, but God placed Adam in a specific place and gave him a job to tend the garden. 
How does that relate to us today? Well, I think that God has placed you here. He's placed me in Uganda. Wherever God has you, God has a job for you to do. Amen? He doesn't make mistakes. God's will is perfect, and it's the safest place to be. Where God has placed you today is not by mistake. He has placed you there in your friends, your family, your neighborhood, your school, your work. He's placed you there because he wants to use you where you are. He's given you a job. That job is to be a witness. You know, people make that so difficult. It's the enemy. He wants us to be afraid. He does not want you to share your faith. I had somebody tell me recently that sharing the gospel is illegal. That is a lie. That's how the devil works. He's the father of lies. There is no truth in him. He works through fear, and he doesn't want us to share the gospel. He doesn't want you to serve God. He doesn't want you to be a witness where you are. But I want to encourage you this morning that, you know, the message that God has given us to share is a very simple message. Who here knows John 3.16? Probably, I bet you, most everybody, almost everybody in this church knows John 3.16. They know that's the gospel. If you know that verse, you have enough knowledge of the Bible to share the gospel. Simple message. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the message, and it's the message of love. It says it all in one verse, coupled with our testimony, what God has done in your life. That's all it is to be a witness. A witness is just to tell others the good things that God has done, that you've seen, heard, and experienced God do in your life, to share with others. You know, as a detective, I spent many, many hours in court, and I really didn't like it, but it's a long, some long hours in court. But I call, spent many times testifying as a witness in court. And you know, they'd call me as a witness, and I'd raise my right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. And then they would, I would be a witness in that case about what I seen, heard, or experienced. Amen? That's exactly what God's calling you to do. He's calling you to be a witness. Tell others what he's done for you, what you've seen, heard, and experienced of God. That's what God created us for, was to, to know him and to share him and to, to be a light. Worship him. You know, that day that I gave my life to Christ, I knew I was, I was free. I walked out of my off, that office free. I felt like the guy, in, the man in Acts chapter 3, the lame man who had been begging at the temple, and, you know, Peter and John walked in, and he wanted money, but they gave him Jesus, and lifted him to his feet, and he was healed immediately, and and they saw him leaping and praising God as he was running through the temple. As he was now free, he was healed. And that was what I felt like as I walked out of my pastor's office that day. But you know, the next morning, guess who showed up? The devil. The devil's not going to stop. We have an enemy that can, will continue to tr- attack and to try to stop you from serving God. You know, I made it a commitment that day, that next day, that, Lord, I, wanna, I realized that it was a daily walk. And it really is a walk. Really, it's a choice of either walking in the Spirit moment by moment or quenching the Spirit moment by moment. And I began to pray daily, Lord, I surrender this day to you. And Lord, lead me to divine appointments where I can serve you today. And you know what? If you, begin to make, if you make yourself available and pray, Lord, use me, watch what he does. Watch what he does. And I was, you know, I... I tell you, those divine appointments where you, got, you hear still small voice and God speaks to you, you know, and you listen and obey and, and he uses you, it's, great, it's the greatest thing I've ever done. 
Another thing I want to encourage you with this morning is the devil will never tell you to share your faith. If you hear that nudge or that still small voice to share, it is not the devil. The devil is not going to encourage you to be a witness for Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen? I tell you, God will do great things if you just make yourself available each day. You know, I was in Long Beach a couple months ago. I mean, Long Island, New York. And my favorite place to witness is Walmart. I was walking through Walmart parking lot. And I hear that still small voice share with that man. There's one man pushing a cart across the parking lot. So I quickly catch up with him. And I always carry tracks in my pocket. And I always, I'm kind of a, call it OCD, creature of habit, whatever. I always do the same way to get the conversation started with tracks. I ask him, did you get one of these? He took it, he looks at it, and you know, I introduce myself. My name is Bill. Can I ask you a question? The question I always use is, are you saved or are you going to heaven when you die? And he just stood there staring at the card. He goes, I cannot believe you gave this to me. You were the third person today who's told me about Jesus. And I was like, wow, brother. God is trying to get a hold of your heart. And the thought that came to me is, dude, today might be your last day. Today might be your last day. And God has sent all these people because he loves you and he wants to save you. So again, they got to share with this man in my testimony and got to encourage him that today was the day and prayed with him there right there in the parking lot. I know I'm going to see that man in heaven. I tell you, there's nothing better in my, all my life we ever can be involved in is to be a witness for Christ, to watch him use us. But God's called each of us and he's placed you here and he wants to use you. In verse 16 of Genesis chapter 2, it says, The Lord God commanded the man, amen, God spoke to Adam and he still speaks today. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, In times past, God spoke through the prophets, but now he speaks through his son. My dad used to always tell me, Whenever, you, before you open this, pray. And when you open it you should, and read, you should expect God to speak to you. And he does. He does speak. He speaks through his word. He speaks through other people. He st- speaks through that still, small voice. We were all created to worship God, to walk with Him and have a close relationship with Him. Seek God with all your heart. Desire to hear His voice and do what He says because His ways are perfect. But here we also see in this, these three verses, God gave us free will. You know, God is all-powerful, amen? He could make us do whatever He wants. Do you know that? God could make you do whatever He wants you to do. But He doesn't want robots, He wants people who choose to love him. And that's why he gave us a choice, free will. You know, I'm not going to spend any time talking about the sovereignty of God versus the free will of man. You know, both are true. And I don't understand it. Again, God's ways are higher. We just need to have faith and trust him. Because God is completely sovereign, but he's given us free will, a choice. If somebody said to me, it's two parallel lines that will meet in heaven. One day we may understand it. But today we just got to trust the Lord. But he did give us free will. As we look back, we know that Adam and Eve chose wrong. You know, the devil came and lied and tempted them, tricked them. Did God really say, you can be like God? I mean, it's the same thing that God is, the devil is tricking us all today with. Did God really say, God, the devil wants to lie to you. He wants you to be God of your own life rather than surrendering, letting the only one true God be God. Amen? There's only one and it's not us. God called us to, to have a close walk with him and worship him and to have a close relationship with him. And he's God. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. And we have a choice. 
but he gave us free will. You know, we know Adam and Eve made the wrong choice. Because of their wrong choice, all of us are here suffering today. Because of Adam and Eve's choice to sin, we're born sinners. We're stuck in this body of sin and death. This body will die and many other consequences. Because of their choice, we're born in sin. We choose sin. People love sin. But for God so loved the world, amen, that he sent his only son, that if by faith in Jesus we can be born again, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and all things are new. The choice to choose and follow Jesus day by day. To love God and to love others. Today, because of Adam and Eve's choice, people are not born free. They're born sinners. Amen? Sadly, if we were to walk out into the streets and ask people, are you free? I believe most people would say, yes, I'm free. And I thank, praise God, in this country, we are free in many ways. I thank God for the people who have served and died and who are right now, this very minute, are in harm's way, protecting our freedoms. All the firemen and all the police who, who helped make us free. But and in one, many ways, we are free, but because of an Adam and Eve's choice, we're, we're sinners. I think Paul understood it well in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. He said, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? It really all boils down to we're either going to be a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. Following sin or following Christ. And without Jesus, people are lost. They're trapped in sin. They're slaves to sin. Whether they admit it or not, people will make every excuse of excusing sin, making excuses, trying to say the Bible's not real, telling over and over whatever they can do to convince themselves that God doesn't exist. <clears throat> Psalm 14, 1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And that's what people are doing. There is no God. There is no God. There is no God. Though heavens declare the glory of God, everywhere you see the power of God and the beauty of God, people are trying to convince themselves that there is no God. But we know the truth. And God calls us to share it. Amen? That people can be set free by Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ. You know, in Philippians chapter 2, Paul goes on to say that one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, every person will bow before Jesus and will confess him as Lord. Amen? We can do it today unto salvation, or one day people are going to stand before him. And I think about this, it gives me the chills. It make, it's a horrific thought. The people who reject Jesus their entire life, one day when they die, they're going to be in the judgment. They're going to stand before him. They're going to experience the presence of a living God. And I think for a second they're going to experience that peace. And they're going to bow before him and they're going to confess him as Lord. But what's going to happen? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And I can imagine the angels coming and dragging them out of the presence of God and casting them into hell. And that's horrific. It's a horrible thought. But God has given you, us, this message. The message of the gospel. It's a simple message, and it's a message of love. God wants you to share it. But he won't make you. But I pray that God would show us the great things that he's done for us that would 
open our eyes that we would see him high and exalted like Isaiah. When Isaiah saw the vision in heaven, we'd see God high and exalted. That we would see our sin and we'd see our desperate need for God and that we'd be ever forever changed if God touches us and heals us and forgives us. And as Isaiah, I can see Isaiah jumping up and down saying, as God says, who shall we send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And when God saved me, that's all I wanted. Pray God would remind you of what he's, great things he's done for you, that you too, if you're not living for him, that you would begin. You know, the first choice, as we're talking about choices that every person needs to make, is that choice to be saved. Today is the day of salvation. If you're here today and you're not saved, the bad news is we're all sinners. The good news is that Jesus died for our sins. He paid for our sins on the cross. That whoever would believe in him will not perish because of their sins, but will receive the free gift of eternal life. And it's offered to all. Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will receive. He says, you will not chase anyone who comes. Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 9, God is long-suffering, desiring that all should come to him, that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And that is the first choice, to be saved. Confess your sins. Ask God to save you and surrender to him as Lord. And the next choice is a day-by-day walk with him. It's an everyday surrender to God. It's part of salvation. Is we thank God for him saving us, but also it's him being Lord, surrendering to him, following his way, not ours. As you go about your life day by day, God will use you as you surrender to him and make yourself available. That's what we were created, to walk with him and to know him. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life and life more abundantly. You know, because of Jesus, we have the hope of heaven, amen? One day we're going to be in heaven for eternity. And I don't know what heaven's going to be like. I mean, the Bible talks about it a little. What I do know, I believe the reward in heaven is we're going to see Jesus. I cannot wait to stand before him and see him face to face, amen? But Jesus promised that we could have the abundant life today. That that abundant life today is available to anyone. And Jesus told us the answer to that. Turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus tells us the answer to that abundant life that we can all have today. John chapter 15, verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Jesus says, without him, we can do nothing. You know, we we can use our own strength and our own abilities to build all kinds of kingdoms in this world, but it's all going to pass away. The thing that's going to last is what we do for him, the spiritual things that we do through his power. But without Jesus, we can do nothing. But it's amazing that Paul later says to the Philippians, he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So without Jesus, we can do nothing, but in Christ, we can do all things. Amen? And whatever you're facing today, Jesus is with you, and you can, he will lead you through it if you'll just walk with him and trust him. Because we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. 
Well, here Jesus calls us to, the, to, to walk with him. That abundant life that's available today is a close, personal relationship with a living God. To abide, to stay connected to him through prayer, through reading the word, through worship, through fellowship, and by being a witness for him. As we day by day we walk with him, he, we grow stronger in the spirit, and the flesh becomes weaker. You know, it's about the story about what, what are you going to feed is going to grow. You know, we've got two dogs. You feed one, deny the other. The one you deny will die. If you feed your spirit, your flesh will die. Amen? That's what Jesus calls us to as a close walk with him. And it blows me away that God who spoke and the world was formed, that is so big as we look at the stars at night, see the majesty of God, but God is also so intimate and personal that he knows how many hairs are on our head. He knows everything about us, and he loves us, and he wants to have a close relationship with you. God calls us to walk with him and to abide with him, and that's the, the abundant life. That's what we are created to do. I think of my own life. There was a time in my life when I believed the American dream would make me happy. <clears throat> Me and my wife were married, we had good jobs, no kids, had a fancy house, fancy cars, swimming pool, jacuzzi, a boat, all the toys that are supposed to make you happy. But you know what? I was the most miserable, most miserable time in my life is then when I had all the stuff the world said was happy, would make you happy. You know why? Because I did not have Jesus. You know the most happy, most joyous memories of my life? was living in a tent in Uganda because we were serving God and he was with us. We were walking with him day by day and we had a close relationship with him. You know, God wants to have a relationship with you today. He's calling you to come. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's calling all people to come and to have a close walk with him day by day. Turn to John chapter 1 as we bring this to a close. In John chapter 1, we see two Johns. We have John the Apostle, who is the writer of the Gospel of John. And John is talking here about John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he had a very simple message. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. But he had a very important calling. And that calling was to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. You know, we have a very important calling, a very simple message, John 3.16, but a very important calling, preparing the way for Jesus' second coming, because he's coming back, amen, and it could be today. And until he comes back, he calls us, he's equipped us, and he sent us to be his witnesses. But here it says in verse, John chapter 1, verse 32, it says, and John bore witness, and John just bore witness of who Jesus was, what Jesus had done, what, you know. What Jesus called him to share. And in verse 35 it says, Again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And what John is saying is, This is the Messiah, the long-awaited anointed one, the promised Savior of the world. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Same thing will happen in your life. As you're filled with the Spirit and you, sh you walk with Jesus, you will shine Jesus. People will be drawn to Christ by how you live and with your words share Jesus. People would follow him. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? 
know, he asked him this, Jesus turned and asked him this very powerful question, what do you seek? Today that question still something we need to ask ourselves. The Bible says that we need to daily examine ourselves if we're in the faith. This isn't something you do with your husband or wife or your neighbor, your friends, your kids, anyone. This is, we're all stand before Jesus on our own. And I ask you today, what are you seeking? You know, Jesus is asking them, what is important? Why are you following me? What do you want? Today, Jesus is asking that same question. What are you seeking? What's important to you? Where are you spending your time doing? And disciples said, we want to know you. Basically what they're saying is, we want to come. Where are you staying? We want to come and have a relationship with you. In verse 39, he said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. He said to them, come and see. Dave and Deanna, as I call you to come, the worship team to come forward. I encourage you with, with this that you know Jesus desires to know you. That's an amazing truth. He wants to have a close personal walk with you, and he wants to do great things in and through you. Paul told the, the Ephesians, Ephesians 3:20, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask, think, or imagine through his spirit. And the same spirit is here today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? And the same spirit that used Paul, the same spirit that used Peter, the same spirit that sent 12 men out into the world and turned the world upside down with the gospel is the same God, the same spirit, the same Jesus who wants us, you, to go out into this world to live for Christ, to be his witness to walk with him and to share him wherever you go as God leads. You know, these verses here are the verses where we came up with the name for our ministry, the Tenth Hour Project. It is our desire that young adults would come away for a year and be challenged with what they're seeking and that they would make a decision to seek Christ and to build their life on the rock. Challenging kids to come and see what the great things that God wants to do in and through them. This morning... The Spirit of God is here. And I don't know each one of you. I don't know what you're doing. You're serving God or whether you're not serving God. If you're here this morning and you have a close walk with Jesus and you're being used by Him and serving Him, I want to encourage you to press in closer. He, we have barely scratched the surface of a relationship that God wants to have with us and the things that He wants to do in and through us. So if you're walking with Jesus today, I encourage you to press in, to press on press and cry out to him, Lord, I want you more. I want to know you more and watch him do even greater things in your life. But if you're here this morning and you're wasting your time in the things of this world, I challenge you, I plead with you to come, come and see what God wants to do. Come and experience the abundant life that only comes the close walk with a living God. And this morning, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God is here. As Dave and Deanna lead us in these time of worship, I encourage you to cry out to God. Spend this time. Surrender your life to Him. Whatever you're going through, cry out to Him, asking Him to help you. Because He will. God is alive.
Jesus is alive. He's given us a choice to follow him. This morning, as we spend this time of worship, make that choice, surrender to him again. And watch what he does. Come and see the great things that God wants to do in and through you.